For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. And the 49ers win again. What a great week to be a 49er. Oh my goodness. Uh, Such an awesome week. We go and we travel all the way down to Houston. We play the Texans, and we come out with a win, a 26-16 victory. We win by 10 points, and it was a close game. But having said that, it wasn't close compared to 49ers standards. We've had so many games this year where it just goes down to the very last possession, um, and we were able to go on the road and get a victory, which is just so awesome. And on top of that, we have our first win streak of the entire year. Um, reminds me of the old major league movie where the coach comes out and is like, we win one game, that's great. We win two, it's a winning streak. And that's where we are. We have now won three out of the last four games. And what is the common denominator behind this? It is our quarterback who we traded for, Jimmy Garoppolo. Holy freaking cow. It's not very often in the NFL that you get a huge trade right before the deadline. And then on top of that, the player lives up to expectations. He still has not played as many games as C.J. Beathard, but this guy is better than advertised. He is exceptional, and the fact that we got him for a second-round draft pick is huge. And I had some real concerns going into this game because the Texans' defense, especially their front seven, is beyond legit. Their pass rushers are amazing. I understand they have Watt and Merciless out, but... Jadavian Clowney is amazing. Cushing is amazing. They have the second best rookie linebacker outside of Reuben Foster's number one, obviously. But Zach Cunningham out of Vandy, I was very high on in the draft, and he played very, very well. Um, Bedardic McKinley from last year. I mean, they have, they're, they're a great defense. Now, we come out and got terrible news to start the day. Trent Brown, our Probably the best right tackle in the NFL. He's definitely top three. I'd put Lane Johnson up there with him, not past him. And also the right tackle for the Conklin out of Tennessee as well. So those are the guys who we're going to see next week. But we lose Trent Brown before the game, and his shoulder injury is huge. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, Zane Beatles is coming in at right tackle. Jadavian Clowney, oh, this is just the makeups for a bad thing. And it was. Like, I'll say this. Uh, Jadavian Clowney completely destroyed our offense single-handedly. But Jimmy Garoppolo was able to overcome. And that's what is so great. In the past, we've had, you know, you say what you want for Hoyer and Beathard. uh, They're fine. They're fine. 
but he is a guy that can overcome adversity and can triumph over uh, poor pass protection. And we saw that today, and that's what was so amazing. Now, our offense was exceptional. It was exceptional. And, I, like, here's the thing about this whole entire team. We had, first off, let, let's get let's talk about bad things. We have not scored a touchdown in the first quarter of the last nine games. And that's just not okay. That is terrible, terrible, terrible. But it, it's kind of what it is. And that trend continued. We still didn't score a touchdown in the first quarter of this game. But then we remedy that. And we score on five straight possessions between the second quarter going on into the third quarter. These were not just short drives. That's the thing. Like, they were very, very long drives. 31-yard drive, that one short. 68-yard drive, 62-yard drive, 68-yard drive, 85-yard drive. Those are, that's unreal. All those are in a row. And it all has to do with this idea that Jimmy Garoppolo can sustain drives and can continue to put us in a position where everybody around him is successful. So my MVP for the offense, hands down, is Jimmy Garoppolo. Holy freaking cow. And his stats weren't even that amazing. But whenever you watch the game and you watch the film, it's just he blows up off the film. So he goes 20 for 33. 334 yards, which is about a 10-yard average per pass attempt, which is wonderful. One touchdown, one interception, and the interception was totally his fault. And to be honest with you, I would not have been surprised if he had three interceptions in this game. We'll talk about that. He had two sacks for 20 yards, but they were both coverage sacks, and both of the sacks were totally... They were safe sacks, if that makes any sense. He wasn't getting blindsided and almost fumbling the ball. It was, he got through his three reads. There was nothing available. He tried to scramble, protected the ball, and kind of got brought down. Um, He had five rushes for negative three yards. You never want that, but that's okay. And again, as I said, he's better than advertised. The interception that he did throw, him and Trent Taylor were on the wrong page. It was a wide receiver option route against zone coverage, which basically he goes 12 yards upfield. He breaks the linebacker's cover, and then he's going to read the safety and break outside or inside, depending on the leverage he gets. He broke the wrong way. Uh, I've watched it a few times. This is a coin toss play. The safety basically did not give him an easy read. And so you could put this on the receiver, you could put it on the quarterback, it doesn't matter, it was just wrong. Clowney was in his face, about to rip his head off. He took a a, a gamble, and it didn't pay off. I guarantee you this is a play that a year or two from now with Trent Taylor and Garoppolo 100% know each other and feel each other the right way, that will not happen again. Now, he almost threw another interception whenever he selled the ball a little high um, to Selleck on a drag route, and we got lucky on that one. But... Man, time and time again, third down, it's just like, holy cow, third down. I'm so excited to see this guy play. He had an amazing, probably the pass of the game was to Carlos Hyde, where he just ran a seam route out of the backfield, just straight up field, and thrown off of his back foot, Garoppolo, and just heaves the ball about 55 yards in the air without his feet underneath him. Carlos Hyde stops. I, he, he just assumed there's no way he could throw it this far. Stopped off his route, saw the ball. You see the oh crap moment. Keeps going, but he because he stopped his route, it would have been a touchdown. It would have been a 55-yard do- touchdown. But again, so many great plays where he always gives his guy the chance. And we saw this again out of the backfield. Juice, oh my goodness. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Kyle Juszczyk, by far his best game as a 49er. 
he runs a wheel route down the sidelines and he's double covered but both of the defenders have their back to the quarterback so jimmy says screw it and gives his guy a chance and kyle Juszczyk comes down with an amazing catch against this basically it's it's an under man it's an undercover two man very similar to what we do except we drop our our corners where they can read the backfield they were doing a trail technique with the linebacker outside in the flats which the route kept going so he extended all the way up into the third the deep third but amazing amazing play now Jadavian Clowney hit our quarterback way too many times that was very very scary but Having said that, one of the best plays of the game, and I know I keep saying that, there were a lot of good ones here. One of the best plays of the game was when Clowney just completely <laughs> destroyed Zane Beatles, which was a lot of times, and was coming almost free to kill Garoppolo. Garoppolo stepped up and then kind of juked backwards, and Clowney missed him. He got his hand on him, but he was able to get through it and then just stepped up and made an amazing uh, toss to Goodwin who took a hit from the middle linebacker. And that's the thing. You got these guys overcoming their situation to make plays and keep drives alive. And that eventually led to a field goal. And it's these tiny little things that don't show up necessarily on the stat sheet or the highlight sheet, but it is game winning football. And it doesn't matter who he throws it to. He throws it to everybody. The, if we look at the receivers that caught the ball, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He completed to nine different receivers, 20 receptions. And so he's hitting everybody. And outside of Marquise Goodwin, who had 12 targets, nobody else had more than four. It is who is open and who is in the game better look alive. The pass to Garrett Selleck for the play action touchdown was amazing on the goal line. And hats off to Selleck. You know, I, I really... <laughs> discounted his playmaking ability but it's Selleck time it, you better get going because whenever he shows up he is just he's phenomenal now let's talk about Carlos Hyde he had an off and on game and after he missed that catch whenever Garoppolo just sailed it deep he didn't go back in for two full series you could totally tell that Shanahan was pissed because it was the best Blake play call of the game and everything was right just Hyde just didn't run the route. And another crazy thing, too, he had zero catches. First time this year, basically there was something in the game plan where Kyle Shanahan said, we are not targeting our backs out of the backfield. Because even Matt Breida didn't have a, a target out of the backfield. The only ones that did were Juszczyk. I think it had to do with the athletic linebackers that the Texans had, and that that's very refreshing. We're not going to go and force our game plan. We're going to see what the defense gives us, and we're going to take advantage of the mismatches. We're not going to try to overpower them in certain ways, and this is genius. But rushing the ball, Carlos Hyde goes 14 for 78 yards and a touchdown. Man, and probably the best play of the game was we had a minute left, in the halftime, and we were just going to run the ball out, and it was just an outside zone read play, and he takes it for 31 yards and just made a great play, and you could just see the electricity that he has. He's a big play running back. We just don't get to see it very often because our run offensive line is not very good. We, we've got a ways to go there. Overall, pretty solid game by Carlos Hyde. Not major setbacks besides missing that catch, but he comes back in and he gets a great touchdown. And we're basically on the three. He runs up into the A-gap, which was the play design, and it was completely stuffed. Uh, absolutely nowhere to go. He bounces it outside, is able to find space. So able to get the touchdown on a play that wasn't designed for him. 
Marquise Goodwin, holy freaking cow. Three weeks in a row, this guy has just been all out. He goes for over 100 last week, six catches for 106 yards this week on 12 targets. His catch rate dropped back down to 50%. He did have a couple big drops uh, early on where our drive could have been sustained, but dropped two third down passes, but absolutely wonderful. You've got to give it to this guy and how he has stepped up to be a go-to wide receiver. I, I picture this guy next year. We're going to get Pierre Garçon back. He's our number one wide receiver. And I truly do believe that Marquise Goodwin is the perfect number three wide receiver. He's a guy that comes in in certain situations and burns downfield. But he's trying to prove, hey, I am that number two guy. And I have a spot here on this starting lineup. So we'll see. Hopefully he can continue that. But, man, he he's wonderful. And it's been fun to watch. His speed is second to none. I mean, former Olympian, obviously. So it's there. Trent Taylor had a pretty quiet game, but came up with a two huge catches on third down. He's just a third down guy. It's who he is. Um, George Kittle, another quiet game again. A lot of those snaps are going to Selleck, and Selleck has taken advantage of them. Selleck had two catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. Both his catches came on the same drive, and both were huge plays. Obviously, the one catch that he made, it was just a simple skinny post route against zone coverage, and it was designed to go against this kind of cloud two where basically the linebackers just fan out in zone coverage and read the quarterback, and it's it's a zone buster route. What happens is he catches it, and he's got about a five-yard cushion on all sides, and two defenders close in on him to make a tackle for about a 15-yard gain, but that dude's a tank. And you just see him, he just lowers his shoulder, both hands on the football, and plows through and just keeps going. Uh, absolutely amazing for a 61-yard gain. And uh, you could see him as he was running. The announcers even talked about it. He's running towards the end zone, and he's got about 15 yards to go. He looks up at the Jumbotron, and you see him just say, oh, shit, people are behind me. Luckily, he puts both hands on the balls. They try to pry it out and tackle him, and then he scores the touchdown two plays later. So hats off to that guy. Um, Kendrick Bourne, man, two catches, 29 yards on two targets. I really want this guy to get the play in time that Lewis Murphy is getting. Lewis Murphy is terrible, 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 terrible. He had one good catch for 20 yards. That was awesome. But, um, illegal shift penalty wiped up a huge run by Brita. He is a negative to non-factor on almost all plays. And I really want these younger guys that are going to be a part of our future to get those snaps. Lewis Murphy will not be on our team next year. It's just not going to happen. Offensive line, great job overall. Clowney had his way with everybody uh, except for Staley. Staley, geez, even when he was playing against Clowney, which wasn't very often. Usually Clowney plays on the offensive right, the defense is left. Even whenever he did get the couple snaps against him, Staley freaking stalemated him. By far um, his best game of the year, which is saying a lot. I think the PFF scores, whenever they come out, he'll be the number one rated tackle of the entire week. That's how good of a game he had. He completely stalemated every single person he went to. Beatles wasn't bad, um, but he definitely sure as hell wasn't good. It would have been a totally different game if we had Trent Brown. Fusco, jeez. Uh, great effort on Hyde's big run right before the half. You see Zane Beatles blocking 30 yards downfield. And that, like, sorry, not Fusco. Sorry, let me backtrack. You see Fusco blocking 30 yards downfield. Hyde step out, steps out of bounds, but then fumbles. And Fusco's running full speed, man. He's running like a 
like a 6.040, but still, for him, that's great. And you can knock him for his play, and you can knock him for his off-balance run blocking, but you cannot knock that guy for his effort. And that's what we're seeing under coach Kyle Shanahan. We are getting guys that want to play and who believe in the team. We're a 3-10 and 10 team, but it would have been like we won the NFC Championship with what that roster looks like on the sidelines. They are going crazy. The locker room, they are just freaking pumped. And it's fun to see how everybody is rooting for each other on that offense. So great offensive performance. Uh, 26 points, which is obviously, like, that's winning football. And we outgained them completely. We had 416 yards total offense, 314 um, yards passing, and 102 yards rushing, which is just, that's winning football. You always want to hit that 100 yards rushing uh, number, which we're going to shift now. Let's change to our defense. And our defense held them under 100 yards rushing. We only yard ninety, only allowed 90 yards, and that is... That's so key. Whenever you look in the fact that we had 24 straight games where we allowed either a 100-yard rusher individually or a touchdown to the running back, that's gone by the wayside. This is four straight games in a row where we have not allowed a 100-yard rusher or a running back to get a touchdown run. Again, 24 straight games that happened, four straight, it has not happened. And this has to do with two key players. And my MVP for the defense is DeForest Buckner. He had his worst game as a pro last week and was kind of bummed about it. But he came out and was on fire this week, absolutely on fire. Now, what happened here is his stat sheets aren't great. He had two solo tackles, one for a tackle for loss and one for a sack. Now, that's not MVP honors, but here's what's key. Seven quarterback pressures where he completely disrupted the play and two key hits on the quarterback, which was awesome as well. Just absolutely balled out. Um, he had a sack, but Savage slipped out, and Kerwin Williams made a great play coming out of his coverage. He saw the quarterback was in distress, bailed on his man because he was close. It was a, it was about a five-yard crossing route, and so his momentum was carrying him that way anyway, and he just pursued and was able to clean up the sack. was amazing. Almost had another sack, but um, Savage kind of shoveled it out, and... I mean, it was just great. Great versus the run, great versus the pass, and the sack at the end of the game, he had an amazing swim move. Like, this could have been a four-sack performance if it wasn't for penalties and just crazy smart play by Savage uh, shuffling the ball out. Um, just great game by DeForest Buckner. Now, the next guy responsible for that is Reuben Foster, who, gosh, man, he plays so hard. He finishes with eight total tackles and one tackle for loss. But, man, my heart skipped. He got picked up by a blitz by Lamar Miller, the running back. And Lamar Miller freaking put him on his butt and came down awkwardly on his hip. And you could tell his lower back. He was down on the ground for a while. He had to be walked off by the coaches. And I was just like, holy cow, this is just awful. But he comes back out the next series and just balls out. Made a lot of plays, filling his gap. And the thing is this. They run a very similar zone blocking scheme that we do. Um, Kyle Shanahan used to coach there. He even talked a little bit about that in his press conference. But the idea is our running, our linebacker is responsible for a gap, and he filled it. And constantly, Lamar Miller would see Reuben Foster coming up and just like, oh crap, cut back into one of our linemen. So 
it's almost like an assist on the defensive side is basically what's going on. Eric Reed had a very quiet game, but did his job perfectly. His job was to shut down their athletic tight end, Steven Anderson, who had 12 targets the previous game. And he came in and just shadowed him wherever he was and completely shut that guy down. Um, I think he had like two catches for 12 yards tops. Um, absolutely nothing that was of significance. But And that's kind of what's going on here is he steps up and just plays wonderful. Um, we've got to bring this guy back. It's his contract year, and we really need to have Eric Reed around just because the what he brings, it changes things. Um, he, he is a role player that is versatile and can literally play four spots on the defense. And even though he has a quiet game with only four tackles, he is somebody that we just have to have around. He is vital to our defensive success. Next guy, Adrian Colbert. I almost named him the MVP. And how great is it that we have three players at three different levels, DeForest Buckner, Reuben Foster, and Adrian Colbert, who are just lights-out defenders. Probably the the best play of the entire game was late in the fourth quarter. The Texans are driving. They throw a bubble screen to Hopkins, who we're going to talk about in a second. He basically cost some people their jobs today. Hopkins catches it on a bubble screen, cuts inside, and Colbert screaming down and puts his helmet on the ball, and the ball pops out. We get the ball. Aaron Lynch recovers it, and that basically ended the game right then and there. So you have this huge play. He also, Adrian Colbert, broke up a huge pass deflection on third down. It was a wide receiver option out to the side, and he was open. And the ball goes to him, and again, this would have put them in field goal position. Colbert comes down and just completely... Lightning fast speed, blows the play up, and just great job. The only reason why I didn't name Colbert um, MVP is he had two huge missed tackles. And this is who he is. Uh, his scouting report is he wants a knockout blow, which works out great sometimes with the fumble, um, with the breakup pass, but he does not wrap up ever. And so I counted 22 yards after contact on the two missed tackles that he had. Both went for first downs. Um, and both were eventually scoring drives as well. So this is kind of the pro and the con of Adrian. I really hope that he can learn to bring his arms and wrap up because, man, he is a missile. Now let's talk about some of the bad. We've got to start with Dante Johnson. Holy freaking cow. Seven tackles, um, and that was all because they were just whoever he guarded, they threw it to him. Could not guard Hopkins at all. He gave up 140 yards. All of these were when Dante Johnson was on the on a player, nine catches, one touchdown on 10 targets. Whenever you, they catch nine of 10 against you, you are terrible. Now, I understand DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, is one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL, um, and he's phenomenal. But you have to change something, and it took our defensive court. I, I was bashing him on Twitter. I was, I was furious. You go through an entire half where DeAndre Hopkins is beating you by himself, and then you come out of the halftime and they made zero adjustments. They stayed with the exact same coverage scheme and they did nothing. Now, after Hopkins destroyed us, he had 140 yards and two touchdowns in the, by the third quarter. They bench Johnson and they bring in Mabin and they roll him up on top of him and they frustrated him. After that, um, Hopkins had one target, and that was the last play of the game where he got the bubble screen and fumbled it. And so 
props to say uh, our defensive coordinator Salem for making the adjustment. I just don't know what it took him so long to do that for. Nine catches, 140 yards, and two touchdowns, and then you make an adjustment? Why not do something different? Anyway, sorry, I don't want to get upset, but Dante Johnson has... Nobody's going to guard DeAndre Hopkins. Nobody can, but what he did was abysmal, and he got benched. He came back in because Akilo Witherspoon got hurt, and Witherspoon played well. Probably the best defensive play of his career it was on a third and one, and they run a jet sweep with Will Fuller. If you remember, Will Fuller ran the 4-2 range in the 40 back in his combine two years ago. He's screaming, and it looks like he's going to have the first down with ease. And Akilo Witherspoon, God bless his soul, I love this kid, comes screaming up and lays the wood. Now, this is somebody that has been scared to hit his entire life, and I love that he's starting to get physical. His coverage skills are perfect. Uh, we drafted him in the third round, and he has beyond lived up to that potential. And if he adds this physical element to his game, it's going to be great. Now, he got a couple learning lessons. There were a couple game uh, plays where he was lined up on Hopkins, and he got juked so bad he fell down on his butt. Uh, luckily, the route was an out route, and as Hopkins caught it, he was going out of bounds. Otherwise, he would have turned it up and scored another touchdown. But Aquilo goes out. Um, he had a knee injury late, which brought Johnson back in. Uh, which is not a good thing, but hopefully Aquilo is going to be okay. Solomon Thomas, he had two great effort plays, but man, that guy just disappears. There are so many plays where you don't even know he's on the field because he's just not involved. Probably one of his worst games. Now, he didn't have a lot of blown contained plays that he was responsible for in the first quarter of the season, but he's just not making any plays. Um, Earl Mitchell playing against his old team comes in on a fourth and one and just has a great play forces a turnover on downs great job Eli Harold got a sack Doomerville great pressure gosh uh, disrupted a pass late in the fourth where he hit the quarterback's hand TJ Yates as he was throwing man it just this was a great team defensive game uh, and they came up anytime you hold somebody to under 17 points you are expected to win that's just, it, it's the law of averages in the NFL. Usually you are targeting as an offense. If we score over 17, we should win. If we score under, we should lose. And as a defense, that's what you're aiming for, and we did. We held them scoreless in the fourth quarter, which is always great. And let's get to the main man, Robbie Gold. Holy freaking cow. He goes four for four. He went five for five last week. Four for four field goals, 52 yards, 35 yards, 25 yards, 41 yards. He has hit 14 straight field goals, which is second best streak of the year because to start the year, he hit 15 straight field goals. Absolutely needs to be in the Pro Bowl. Should win kicker of the year. Absolutely wonderful. Huge pickup for us. He, he's just he's playing great. Penalties, the theme continues. We lead in penalties again. We have 11 penalties for 84 yards, which is not okay. Um, we are, again, us in Seattle are the two most penalized teams in the entire NFL, and that's going to come back and haunt us. That, that's, it's going to kill us. They had eight penalties for 81 yards. Um, injuries, Reuben Foster, he came back in, but it was a lower back issue. Victor Bolden, um, he had an ankle issue. He got rolled up on in one of his kickoff returns. I don't want him to be hurt. I love his effort. Love what he comes out. Now, let's talk a little bit about the NFL draft. Huge win, and probably the questions I get most online are draft, 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 which I love the draft, and I write for full press coverage NFL draft. I got a couple articles up already if you want to check that out. But anyway, this win bumps us down one more spot. We are now fourth 
Uh, our draft slot right now is fourth. We are tied with the Colts. We both have three wins, but they have an easier strength of schedule. So that means they go ahead of us in the first round, and then we go after them um, in the second round, which we don't have our second round pick, so it doesn't really matter anyway. Now, um, let's talk about the future. So let's just say we win one more game. There are four teams right now tied with four wins. So that would bump us down to seven. Then if we win two games, that puts us at five. And that would bump us down all the way to 11. And then there's two teams with six wins. So statistically speaking, we could end up anywhere from two to 14. So we can be anywhere in that two to 14 range. Now, that's not going to happen. Even if we do win out, some of those teams are going to have wins as well. So you're really looking anywhere from the 2 to 9 range. We're going to have a top 10 pick. I can guarantee you that. Um, now, having said that, um, <laughs> we have a really difficult schedule. We have the toughest schedule remaining of any team in the entire NFL. Um, we only play winning teams left. So again, we have the roughest schedule in the entire NFL. Next week, we play the Titans, who have eight wins. The following week, we play the Jaguars, who have nine wins. And then we play the Rams, who are finishing up their game now and will probably have nine wins. Looks like they're going to lose, but it's up. That could change by the time this podcast comes out. But we have an eight-win team, a nine-win team, and a nine-win team. So we're going to see how great... Jimmy Garoppolo is because we have the Jags and the Rams left who are two of the staunchest meanest uh, ball hungry teams Wade Phillips defense and the Jags I mean we're gonna see how great this kid really is so look alive next week we do um, have a home game versus the eight and five Tennessee Titans and it's a late kickoff at 125 Sunday can't wait for it. Really, really excited about it. And what a great day to be a 49er. Stay strong, faithful, and let's just keep winning. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.